how do you try to uh, because you you mentioned like you, you your father is a dentist and you have this big family dentistry i think uh, you're the fourth generation right Sixth. Sixth generation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. So this you're the sixth generation of coachman dentistry. Um and so how do you how do you find balance in, in that? So you your father is dentist and, and you you have more family in dentistry right now. So your brother, right? It's the ones that are alive now uh, me my brother my sister-in-law my father and my uncle so how 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 is christmas for you guys <laughs> how is christmas <laughs> we usually talk about dentistry <laughs> oh really <laughs> to have you christian great Pleasure. that you uh, that you want to join our meeting and and be part of this karma podcast yes show. fantastic <laughs> uh, congratulations for the initiative it's um it's always uh great to share ideas and in in moments like this we we all feel like we we, we feel comfort when we we are connected when we see and that we are on the same boat that uh, we can all find solutions together, um, try to help each other to see um, what the future holds, you know? Yeah. So for me, um, you know, it's a pleasure to, to be here and, and share some thoughts with you guys. Yeah, and, and your, your community. Yeah, great. And yeah, well, the whole the whole thing about the virus, it, it all feels like one big reset moment. So not only for us as dentists, yeah. but also for patients and everybody. So the whole world was just going too fast with, like Freak mentioned, too many things that actually don't matter that much. Mm -hmm. And I think this whole situation just bring us on our knees to, uh, to, to reevaluate our core values, uh, like family-wise, so all the... All the dads who were just like uh, away from home seven days a week are just, uh, they have to stay at home mandatory playing with their children. And I see it on my phone that all my friends are just um, sending me these messages from, oh my God, I have to watch Disney movies. So what is this horror place of a world? <laughs> But in fact, it's just, it should be like normal to do those kind of things. So it's, it's a really strange thing going on. And I think that in the end, it will be for the better. Yeah, it's, it's actually a very good uh, strategy to be optimistic, right? It's, uh, it's, um, there's no way around. So it's a very strange moment, yes. Um, as you mentioned, the world was in a growth path of many many years where you know economy was growing you know 
and everything that was not uh, vital was getting more and more important um, because life was easy. And uh, so companies were focusing on developing products and services and marketing strategies to promote things that were superfluous. And, uh, and suddenly when this comes, uh, everybody has no floor anymore. We are all without uh, that foundation that was keeping us calm. Um, of course, we all know that on these moments, it's time to reset. So you, you see, you hear a lot of, of posts on social media, motivational posts, you know, stay positive, mm-hmm. uh, find your real purpose, uh, reconnect with what really matters. And, you know, and you're like, yes, that's right. But deep inside, you're like, Fuck that! I'm 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 I have a problem here. You know my business, my money, my strategies. You know, so we see everybody pretending that we are all ready to center and meditate and do this, and <laughs> and and we yeah. need to be honest with ourselves to say that you know it's okay to be scared. It's okay to feel weird. It's okay not to be like Dalai Lama. It would be easy if we were all like him that level of evolution and, and the world will be uh, under control right now, but we are not. So I believe there's a balance here uh, where we need to, since we admit that there's no control, and this is the amazing exercise to see how life is completely out of control, like how the Western world believes has everything under control, but we don't have. Uh, the economy is very, very weak. Um, our structures are very, very weak because they're based on growth, on financial growth. So for me, it was always something that bothered me. This philosophy, this concept of capitalism, of the only thing that matters is growth, financial growth. All the companies are valued by growth. Growth means that every month you need to be a little bit better financially than the last month. This is so crazy to think about that, that all that matters is that numbers need to go up, up and up. It doesn't matter what you're doing for society. It doesn't matter what you're doing for yourself. It doesn't matter what you're doing for your family. It doesn't matter how much you're helping other people. Uh, it doesn't even matter if your company is stable. Stable means you are a failure for the economy the way it is. You know, if a, if a country is having the same numbers, like uh, today the Brazilian government announced that uh, our growth for this year is down to zero, and that's seen by the financial market as a huge failure, and I ask myself why, you know, it's not a matter of growing more. It's a matter of sharing more or a matter of bringing more people on board. So I think that this crisis is just the first one of many that will come. 
until we change completely the way the Western world is guided by money. And I believe that some countries in Europe are already ahead of the game, you know, getting it. I believe actually that some countries in the northern part of Europe are the most elevated countries on that matter. That's my feeling. Uh, you know, uh, the Nordic countries, you see that they talk less about growth, they talk less about money, they talk more about stability, they talk more about equality, they talk more about um, being able to help. And, and I don't need, actually, the, my last few months before the crisis were great. I had food, I had uh, joy, I had great things that I was doing. I don't need to grow more. I, actually, what I have is enough to help and share to much, many more people. Uh, I, I should, as a company and as a professional, the, the, how to rate my success should be the opposite, should be how much I'm giving from my uh, financial background to help others or to spread or to share or to make the world a better place. We should create a new way of measuring success, of measuring uh, how companies are successful. Uh, we should be able to learn how to create projects, you know, uh, that are not measured by financial success. I don't know how that's possible, but that's the way we should go, uh, you know, Startups, you know, you, when we talk about startups, crazy to see in US how much pressure over startups is money, 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 growth, 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 numbers, 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 and all that matters is these type of evaluations. Uh, Wall Street, it's probably the most toxic thing in modern society, uh, much worse than coronavirus hundred times worse, a million times worse. And uh, leaders that are focused on making decisions based on that are much more toxic than coronavirus. Um, it's very easy to beat coronavirus. Just put the money away. If you think about the world without caring or without giving value to money, it's very easy to overcome this crisis. And, um, but since we are stubborn, we are beings, uh, selfish beings, we are stubborn and I believe nature will have to hit us very, very hard several times yeah. before yeah. we wake up. But don't don't you think that this is just a sign of modern nature uh, that things were completely out of balance? We know the world was out of balance. We know we were out of balance. We know that uh, our uh, main purposes were lost. It's very clear. It's very easy to understand that, right? You don't need to be a yeah. genius to to see that the world is out of balance that priorities are out of balance, uh, that, uh, and, and for me, a big sign of, you know, and 
And I'm an optimistic. So I think that everything that happens is for our benefit long-term, right? So as we believe in that, we know that sometimes you have to go down to go up. And the world was going down. And one of the main things that showed me that the world was going down is that we face all these selfish behaviors and societies around the world, instead of looking for leaders, there are less selfish. You started to see main countries picking leaders that are potentializing selfishness, bringing the wrong feeling that as we pick selfish leaders, we are protecting ourselves as if we could live in our bubble, as if we could build a wall around our rich country and ignore the rest, as if we could take advantages of capitalism, of the financial world, and have a huge part of the world starving. And with this naive, selfish feeling that rich people have that, oh, I protect myself, and these are the rules now, so I've been abusing the world and my country has been abusing the world for 200 years, but I don't like this game anymore. So now I just want to build a little wall here. I want to stay with my rich friends uh, and put some rules that the rest of the world cannot affect me. And, you know, leaders can do that. Companies can do that. Countries can do that. And then nature comes and bang. Yeah, <laughs> it's just in the face. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy that, that like the 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 fires in Brazil, the the burning of the the lungs of the world didn't stop anything, and and then now, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe luck. Yeah, but then uh, and smart leaders they they blame the economy. They say you know because we need to allow people to take advantage of the Amazon because that will grow our economy. So it's again, the speech of growing the economy because growing yeah. the economy and they try to fool us saying growing the economy is the way to be more equal or to share wealth. And I ask myself, we've been growing economies for 200 years and where is equality? It's only, get, it's only getting worse. It's not getting better. So it's very easy to understand that the strategy of growing economy, that the real intention of powerful people is not to share. That's very, very obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah, now they fool obvious. us with the speech that economy growth is the way to make more people live better. I don't know about that you know no no i think i think that's the that's the speech that <laughs> that is held in every country in every um, in every nation so yeah and i and i really don't think people are getting happier um as well as, as with all the technology um uh, like Am I am I happier now that I that people can call me and text me every every single moment of the day and um, should I be happy about that? <laughs> yeah, this isn't this is the other part of the, the you know the modern problem of technology and 
high connectivity and how that uh, keeps us on the superficial communication level, how we don't have time to stop and to rethink things and to go deeper, to find better purposes. And then we see the whole world going sick emotionally, you know, and depression and and suicides and, and, and people with a lot of money not happy as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting moment. And again, as an optimistic, I don't think we are going down. I think we are going up because more and more people are talking about these topics the way we are, you know, maybe 10 years ago, we wouldn't even think about talking about things like this. So you see that step by step, more people are questioning the status quo. More people are saying, what is the purpose of being alive? Well, should I just make money and enjoy my money? And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so how, how, I really, I really like being uh, like the like the thought of staying optimistic. Uh, optimistic. Uh, what I hear, what I hear from dentists, uh, from colleagues around, is that they that they fear the that they cannot um, they cannot keep their their dental practices. That they that they are very afraid of losing losing everything they have built up. So so um, what what would you what would you say to those to those Dentist, how can you stay optimistic um, in these in these times? Uh, it's it's not easy. It's easy to say, but that's the only way to be really optimistic is when your optimism is not attached to your uh, what you have in terms of uh, physical things. Yes, you are in a tough position if all your optimism is related to how much money you have in the bank yeah. <laughs> and uh, is your company striving or not if your optimism is 100% linked to that you have a problem if your optimism is related to thinking that even if I lose everything I will just restart from scratch somewhere and do whatever the world requires me to do. Yeah. I can go to Africa and do charity. <laughs> I can I can do community work. I can find a way to be useful to the world and uh start from scratch. That's when you become optimistic. When your optimism doesn't depend on anything that you have. So, yes, that we, and of course, I'm saying that it doesn't mean I don't feel the hit. I'm not emotionally hit by this. Of course, I am as well, because our mind is going, you know, one side to the other. And, but the, the key is to exercise the real optimism. The key is to exercise the real purpose of being alive. And more and more waste less time worrying about the, the the financial part of it and really worrying more about how can I become more 
a better person? How can I become more relevant to the world? And even as a dentist, you know, I think that maybe uh, the world will change after this a little bit. I know that uh, we have short memory and uh, as we go through this, probably most of the things will be back to normal. So most of the dentists will continue to do what they are doing afterwards. But maybe there will be some small changes or maybe there will be some changes at least for a while in terms of the priority of people. Maybe dental offices that are 100% focused on cosmetic dentistry, superfluous dentistry, having a perfect smile dentistry uh, uh, will be hit more. And dental offices that are more towards taking care of people for real, creating relationships, holistic care, systemic care, um, understanding how to really help people to have a happier life, uh, emotionally speaking. Yeah. Um, because many dentists that were making a lot of money with 10 veneers, 10 veneers, 10 veneers, and I'm sure that most of the people that were buying 10 veneers, 10 veneers, 10 veneers were not necessarily becoming happier because of the 10 veneers, 10 veneers, 10 veneers. Uh, maybe now because the world is shaking everybody, many people will realize maybe it's not the 10 veneers that will make me a happier person. And maybe we'll, when we go back, they will not spend the money with the 10 veneers. They will look for something else. So, we as human beings, as health providers, we need to ask ourselves what people will be looking for when we are back to life. Right? And we need to prepare ourselves to be a provider of things that really matter. So the funny thing is, Christian, that um, if you look on the, the website from DSD, then you have this, this 12 commandments about how dentistry should actually be and the funny thing is that i think that uh the whole change of thought that everybody is going through on, at this moment in crisis um that those all the things that are starting to matter now and people start thinking about now is like already for a, a, a four or five maybe six years already on your website so that makes it very interesting um, and the reason why I'm saying this is that um, if we look how the DSD concept is implemented in, in Holland, in Netherlands, and in cosmetic dentistry in general, then we have some criticists who say oh, this, this is just a, a tool to, uh, to use planning, uh, like you say, 10 veneers, 10 veneers, 10 veneers, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody will uh, look the same because the figures and the forms are all the same. Um, but I think it, you make it really clear on your website that it's not about this little trick with the mm -hmm. photographs. But it's all yeah. about a way of thinking. How do you how do you reflect on that? How do you feel like uh, do you see it yeah. like around you that a lot of people are starting to think in the way that you're trying to teach us for the last six seven years? That's a great point. You know. Uh, uh, of course, I know, I'm not naive, that uh, DSD, unfortunately, was connected uh, for a while or for many people into, oh, it's a little tool to sell more cosmetic cases, you know, 
And since I, and for me it was very hard, you know, 10 years ago, eight, nine, eight, seven years ago, when I started to realize that people were not getting the depth of the message that I was trying to transmit. The first thing, of course, I, instead of judging and, and blaming the people, I, I realized was my lack of communication skills or my message was not clear because I was very uh, uh, lucky to be raised in a dental environment that was uh, built by my father that is a completely uh, very a very philosophical person a very philosophical uh, human being a very holistic human being a very spiritual human being uh, my father so uh, he was always against cosmetics without meaning he was always very much against marketing because he knew that people take advantage of marketing without a, a real purpose uh, so that was the my my foundation you know so my foundation was all about comprehensive care human relationships making people really improve their quality of living understand how deep dentistry is uh move away from the superficiality of hollywood smiles perfect smiles so that was my foundation and because i i had that very solid I didn't realize that maybe the rest of the world was not that solid on that topic. And I took it for granted. And I thought that, okay, this is taking care of ethics, morals, and the real meaning of healthcare, right? Emotional, spiritual, and physical healthcare. That's what my father taught me. So then, because I thought that that was very clear, I started to develop the DSD concept to help us make people give us more value since we knew that what we had to offer was amazing, was deep. And of course, during many years, people took advantage of the DSD messages and the DSD tools to make cheap marketing, to make cosmetic work without depth. And when I realized that I was able, you know, six, seven years ago to really change the messaging and start to really say, wait a moment, this is not our main goal. You know, the DSD marketing tools, the DSD smile design tools should be only used by the doctors that deserve, meaning that the doctors that really get what really matters. Now, of course, I cannot control that. And, and people come to the courses and they learn the, uh, the strategies and they learn the tools and it's up to them to judge and to make the best use of these ideas. But uh, thank God we see an increasing group of doctors that are really understanding that dentistry is much deeper than just a cute, perfect smile. And, and that's our goal. So for me, this moment is always an, another opportunity to refine even more my speech, to refine even more the message, to really go even deeper uh, into what really matters. And of course, that as a company, it's very easy to sell easy tools, tools to make easy smiles. And it's hard, it's, it's commercially hard to do the right thing.
you know, uh, it's not the best way to grow a company to do the right thing. So it's a everyday choice that we need to make as a company leader, as a CEO of a company, uh, you know, do you want to hit the numbers and have the financial people coming and say congratulations or you want the world in 100 years ahead of us saying wow this was a great job right so that's the challenge that every conscious business owner is probably passing right now you know well, I, I find it really grow. oh I, I just find it really funny that you uh, that you're saying that uh, perhaps uh, your lack of skills are uh, were not sufficient enough to to bring the whole dsd message like seven years ago and the reason why I'm saying is, uh, is that six years ago, uh, the first time uh, I saw you lecturing was on the International Symposium in Boston, you know, from Myron and Mark Nevins. And I was still a dental student at that moment. And I was watching your lecture and the one- Amazing of, Congress, uh, by the way. Yeah, it's, every three years, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, we have to go there, always. Yeah. Um, and I saw uh, uh, Mauro Fadiani, I saw uh, Galip Gurel, and I saw your lecture. And it was the first time that I was watching two people talking about dentistry in a way where I was thinking, oh, but this is also possible, right? So I made a lot of pictures of your uh, lecture from that day. And the funny part is that, like you were saying, so you have this holistic, uh, more overview and general healthcare view, and you're starting to develop this whole DSD message. Mm -hmm. um, I, I experienced exactly the other way around. So I, I learned for myself the, the whole DSD trick, as I would call it. And when I started implementing it on patients, uh, I found out, oh, but wait, this is actually a great tool just also for diagnostics yeah. to help me as a young dentist um, yeah. determine where the problems are. So yeah. the top down, you had the six step plan from the orthognatic surgery to the orthodontics, to the implant, to the, et cetera. Um, and this little step just helped me for the, the about a few, the last six years, determine in what stage of um, planning for a treatment plan mm -hmm. um, I was find myself into. And now this, how the, the further I go with implementing this whole little trick, uh, the more I start wondering, oh, but why is this then happening? So why is this uh, ortho orthognatic problem or why is this an orthodontic problem? And I find myself only for the last year starting more, uh, yeah, starting myself more with all holistic kind of dentistry and mm -hmm. general healthcare and vitamins and uh, the role of the human body and the teeth and uh, the relationship between those two. So the funny part is that like you have this already, you, you had this base and you started with the DSD and I experienced this exactly the other way around. Mm -hmm. um, how do you try to, uh, because you, you mentioned like you, your father is a dentist and you have this, this big family dentistry. I think uh, you're the fourth generation, right? Sixth. Sixth generation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. so. Wow. So this, you're the sixth generation of Coachman Dentistry. Um, and so how do, you, how do you find balance in, in that? So you have, your father is a dentist and, and you, you have more family in dentistry right now. So your brother, right? It's 
the ones that are alive now, uh, me, my brother, my sister-in-law, my father, and my uncle. So how, how, how was Christmas for you guys? <laughs> how was Christmas? <laughs> We usually talk about dentistry. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, do you, because in, in that way you have like this big timeline of, of uh, dental evaluation. Do you think there's like a more kind of a shift towards holistic dentistry in the last few years? I think that's the natural evolution. We see medicine, medicine in general, also improving on that uh, path. You know, stop seeing health problems as a fragmented problem. And I think uh, medicine in general is starting to understand how much we don't know, you know, how much our solutions are limited how much things related to health are out of, are not uh, addressed with conventional medicine um, and dentistry as well. So I like to believe that medicine and dentistry is step-by-step step starting to be more comprehensive, more well-connected, uh, starting to learn the benefits from other type of medicines, um, being humble enough to understand that 90% of what happens in our body, we don't understand. Um, and because of that humble behavior, you know, you know, and that's something that we need to practice as a healthcare provider, this humble behavior about how much little we know, that humble behavior, allows space in our mind for new things because when we think we are experts when we think we are very good at what we do our brain shuts down for new information because we think we have the information that we need so i think this is a natural movement that is happening um and i i want to believe that in the future more and more dentists will join this kind of comprehensive holistic movement of taking care of people, not taking care of teeth. So does it mean that uh, in your DSD concept, and uh, uh, well, I think we should call it from now on the DSD philosophy of dental care, you're trying to go more like in the holistic way, in the coaching way of dentist? Yeah, that's something very strong that I got from my father. My father, you know, we dentistry moved from uh, disciplinary dentistry when my grandfather was doing dentistry as we call disciplinary means you would learn a couple of tricks and you would take care of one a few problems using your little tricks and you would aim for very specific issues with very specific solutions with no interaction between different types of know-how and then dentistry evolved into specialties that was very interesting you know 50 years ago more or less where people started to understand wait a minute you know there's a lot of knowledge that we need to learn only on the prosthetic side there's a lot of knowledge on the endo side there's a lot of knowledge on the perio and and moving teeth and etc and then dentistry moved from disciplinary into multidisciplinary 
uh, dentistry, but still not connected. And, and people started to study areas, but not really understand the relationship of the areas. And then we evolved into what we know as interdisciplinary dentistry, you know, where in, in the 80s and 90s, doctors started to connect the dots. When we do something here, it impacts what we do there. So not only we should send the patient to multidisciplinary specialists, but these multidisciplinary specialists should start talking as an interdisciplinary team before doing anything for the patient. So of course, that was a big step and a good step when we started to plan as the team, and that was the birth of interdisciplinary dentistry. Uh, my father likes to talk about going even beyond interdisciplinary dentistry because interdisciplinary dentistry is still based on the scientific physical world and not really embracing or taking in consideration the things that we cannot explain on the physical world. And that's what he calls transdisciplinary care, transdisciplinary dentistry. When we start to see the human being as a whole, understand everything that can generate uh, illness, you know, and, and start to connect the emotional side and even uh, quantum physics and uh, the spiritual side and everything that impacts the human being uh, that can generate pain when you chew, for example. You know, we cannot be naive thinking that the only thing that impacts a pain over here is just that physical premature contact point, right? Because we see people with a completely messed up bite that are completely healthy during their whole life. And we see people that look like a perfect bite that are completely unhealthy during their whole life. So a lot that we don't know. So that's what my father calls transdisciplinary care. And I like to believe that we are slowly moving into that direction and understanding how to become better health providers in the full meaning of the word. And how do you um, implement that in, the, in your family practice? So like, do you have like a holistic coaching with it or logopedist or myofunctional experts or? So the first, the first thing is that uh, on the physical side of the world, we need to be connected to very good health providers beyond dentistry. So my father always worked with, uh, uh, with uh, psychologists, with therapists, with uh, speech therapists, with uh, chiropractors, with orthopedic specialists, uh, you know, uh, always worked with plastic surgeons. Uh, he always uh, tried to go with orthognatic surgeons, with airway specialists, with sleep disorder specialists, you know, with pain, chronic pain specialists. Uh, and that's what made him understand how much we didn't know, because even though the specialties are there, when there's such a big number of patients with issues that you can be an expert and you still cannot address that issue. Uh, and we try here and we try there and then science comes and say, no, but this is not proven to be effective, you know, and that really brings people to a more pragmatic thing. Oh, we only do what is scientifically proven. 
scientifically based treatments and unfortunately that is not the whole thing so we are, we like to always keep space in our mind and our brain to things that are not scientifically proven because we believe that most of the know-how is not yet proven to be real so uh, keeping that in mind but then going beyond the the experts on scientifically proven uh, solutions uh, really understanding that at the end at the end as health health providers if we understand how much we don't know how little we know and we have this humble behavior there's light at the end of the tunnel because at the end many things are sold with through relationship through uh, understanding how to create comfort how to take care of people um you know how to hug how to uh show care you know and then you see that many times this behavior it's the best it's the best medicine is the best treatment makes people feel protected makes yeah. people feel like connected and because of that people feel better um so that's the way my father always tried to take care of people in the office since ever so i think that uh, that that increases the chances of making more people uh be healthier yeah yeah if i if i if i relate that to to uh, to dent to people around me to dentists around me um like a lot of prosthodontic dentists um, having patients with complaints that I, that they cannot address and they say like well but it's in centric relation it's it's all perfectly done so yeah. the patient is is uh, is crazy um, maybe you should go to to uh, to um, yeah uh, to a, Mo exactly to a modern care modern care is going in a direction that is completely the opposite of gnatologic care, meaning in the past, and I'm not denying the importance of gnatologically studying function and the bite and occlusion, but the problem was that people started to study so much that, that they started, this is a very important problem of specialists. They think they can solve any problem of the world through their specialty. Yeah, they yeah. become so good on their specialty that it's, I can solve any problem with this treatment, right? And then they see the 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 tripods on the occlusion, on the molars, in the contact points, and they have those pictures of all the contact points that are perfect. And they say, if you do a full mouth rehabilitation with all those points, you can save anybody in this world, and everybody, <laughs> yeah. right? And we know that is not the right answer for not even 10% of the problems of the world. Well, I think that, um, uh, and I, ho I, sh I surely hope that uh, this shift in, in general healthcare will, uh, that we'll see it in the near future also in Holland, because uh, like Freke mentioned earlier, it's, it's really difficult because we have this, uh, we can make time for people, um, but 
we have to invest this time in patience, right? So in the end, uh, if, if somebody agrees with a, a treatment plan or an interdisciplinary treatment plan, uh, always you will be compensated for your time at the end. But I think that uh, um, one of the shifts that a lot of people and especially a young, lot of young people have to make is that you have to invest time in patience in the front, right? So make them feel comfortable, just uh, take your time for discussing treatment plans, showing them what the problems are by pictures, movies, 3D models, uh, whatever. And if you invest it in the front, then you will get the benefits at the end. So not only money-wise, but also in yeah, a exactly. kind of yeah. spiritual, spiritual comfort-wise. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's rewarding. It's a big investment. Yeah. Doing the right thing is a big investment that you will get. You will get it, it pays off, but it's not purely financially. So if you're building a career as a dentist and your only goal is to be financially successful, it's going to be very hard to do the right thing. It's going to be very hard to help more people. And we see many dentists making a lot of money. I, I don't judge. I don't blame. I just don't feel that I would die at the end of my life looking back and be proud of myself. So it's a choice. Yeah. And you haven't, you haven't read the, the karma statement that we put on our website, but <laughs> you just actually almost word for word <laughs> described it. So that's very good. So you, <laughs> you, you passed the test, Christian. You can become a karma dentist if you want. There's no uh, problem. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy to know that. All right. What is the statement? Read it to me. Right, so the whole statement is uh, is based on the, and you, uh, you probably know this, is the, the Simon Sinek uh, kind of uh, thinking. Uh, it's all about the why. So the, the Simon Sinek is the guy who, who started this marketing uh, thing yep. about, about the why, right? So mm -hmm. this, it doesn't matter uh, what you do, like making a crown or a filling. It doesn't matter how you do it. So with the most biomimetic uh, perfect kind of way now it matters why you do this so why are you doing this using these techniques why are you using these kind of things and if you can explain this to another person uh, or a patient then um, somebody will understand why you do it and it doesn't matter what the costs are so if we present a treatment plan i will probably use 45 minutes for people explaining why we do it and and where it came from like so hippocrates uh, always said um, if you can uh, declare the past and diagnose the present you can foretell the future right so if you can show people where they come from and how things in the mouth are actually started evolving mm -hmm. you can show them um, with pictures or also with dsd show them all right so this is the where it will go then people understand that and say but i don't want that so mm -hmm. do whatever you want you have to do to make sure that that doesn't happen mm -hmm. and then you can say okay i will try my best and then in the end you will present the dream plan in cost wise but they will always accept it because they know what the problem is mm -hmm. and also mm -hmm. if they don't accept it immediately they will come back like in one year or two years and say all right you explained me uh two years ago a lot what was happening in my mouth and that actually started happening 
and I feel uncomfortable with it. And I wanted to do the treatment plan uh, that you discussed uh, two years earlier uh, right now. So they mm -hmm. started accepting because they understand the why. So, and that's the most important thing. If we want to show people, but also to dentists, why you do it, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you using this kind of materials? Why do you choose this kind of composite or bonding systems or techniques or whatever? Because in the end, if you start this journey with the why, then at the end, you will be, it will be comfortable for you as a dental practitioner because you will understand what you are doing. And it makes the job a lot, yeah, it makes me as a dentist a lot happier, actually. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the whole thing about the karma dentistry. So we want to mm -hmm. show people uh, and take them in a journey discovering the whys from, for themselves uh, as a dental practitioner, but also as a person or as a father or mother mm -hmm. um, and just as a nice human being. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that, that's the short version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's, that's the thing, you know, more. That's why I, I, I always, when I look, when I think about the future, I always have a good feeling about it because I see more and more young people caring about what really matters. Um, and that gives us hope. You know, we are moving, always evolving. You know, the world is always better tomorrow than yesterday. There's no way back, you know. People say, oh, we are, we are living a horrible moment or we are in crisis or this. Would you prefer to go 100 years back in history and live 100 years ago and see how 100 years ago felt? It's very obvious that the world is getting better and better every single day, you know. Uh, it's not like a smooth ride, you know, but... We are always moving forward. We are always becoming a better society. We always have more and more people with a more deep consciousness. And that's the key, consciousness. Being aware, uh, being humble, and, and there's no way out. It's going to be better. Well, let's so hope so. It's also helping us. I hope so. So Christian, uh, so I want to ask you one last question uh, and then we will end this, uh, this podcast. Um, what are your future plans? What do you want to do like in the, the next coming years? So you already told us that you're making a shifting into the more probably holistic way of teaching the whole DSD philosophy. Uh, what, are you, what are you going to do for the next few years? That's definitely... What, what the, my main purpose from now on is to understand how to make my message transmit a better purpose that goes beyond making more money as a dentist with DSD. So somehow find ways to combine better purposes and still succeed financially. You know, what is the balance? Find the balance between succeeding financially enough, you know, um, with uh, a bigger impact, a bigger legacy, you know, with a more noble um, um, purpose. 
it's it's a it's a big challenge so constantly thinking about uh, what is for me the ideal modern dental office in five to ten years think about you know um, how that would look how that would function what kind of professionals will be working there how we would be helping society with the modern dental office and how to survive financially you know um, because we have to unfortunately yeah yeah, um, but, yeah but the focus shift should be should be maybe uh towards stability instead of what you what you already told growing effort, trying to grow every single month yeah i need a system that survives not that grows yeah. financially i need to survive and if we are happy with that, it gives us a huge room to invest energy and money on other things, you know. And how should we learn to, to be happy with stability yeah. in, in general? I think, I, think, I think we really need to change something in our minds to, to be happy with stability. That is, that is a huge thing for humanity because... Being happy, we all know that we can be happy with stability. We all know that we don't need more money. We, when I say we, we say I say, huge majority of people on the Western world, or even everybody that has the minimum to have a cool life, nice life, friends, and enjoy. We don't need more money. We need to be stable. You know, we need to be comfortable with what we have. As soon as we start giving more purpose to what really matters and less purpose to money, we know that, right? It sounds even cliche to say that, hmm. but it's so obvious. It's so obvious. Now, what is the problem? The problem is that the most powerful people in the world, most of the most richest people in the world, they make money with no stability they make money with growth the uh the the financial market depends on growth if we are all happy with stability there's no more wall street there's no more making money out of money and to change that in the world, you already can imagine how many powerful people we will have to convince to give away what they think is the most valuable thing, their money. Or to stop killing the whole world just because we need to grow even more and more and more and more. So hopefully the next generation will be better than this generation and the following generation even better and slowly we're going to reduce the number of assholes yeah. and increase the number of nice people. It's very easy. Assholes, nice people. We know who the <laughs> assholes are. And we know who the nice people are. Very easy. Yeah. I, you definitely are uh, uh, bringing your end of the bargain to this, uh, Christian, because I think uh, the way you are inspiring young dentist uh, with the whole DSD philosophy is absolutely phenomenal uh, for 
more than 10 years now. And like we were saying in the beginning of this conversation, we are actually really honored to to have you on this in this podcast and uh, we're able to ask you these questions. So thank you so much for your your openness. Um, and Pleasure. I, I surely hope that a lot of young dentists will take your message for granted because uh, for, and I can only speak for me as, uh, as a person, it brought me a lot of things in the, the last six years um, after I saw the first lectures of you and Galip and uh, Maro on, uh, in Boston. Uh, and I, I really hope uh, and I think that we will see you in uh, over two years again in Boston. Exactly. And I think we have to evaluate if uh, the whole presentation will be more about the whole holistic kind of DSD. Um, Maybe I'll be completely crazy at that time already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Long <laughs> beard, long hair. Long yeah. hair. <laughs> you will be like this great caveman standing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> right, Christine, thank you so much, man. Uh, thank we you, wish you all the best. Congratulations for the initiative. Pleasure to be here and uh, count on me. All right, thank thanks you so much, much, man. Okay, bye bye. Yeah, have a great day. You guys too. Stay safe.